Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. This is the last episode of the week, but once again, we are saving the best for last. It was the third day of Bucks minicamp. However, the weather threw a little wrench into everything. Practice was going to be outside, but because there was a little thunder and lightning, which hopefully is a good sign for the Tampa Bay Lightning, who play later tonight in game, what is it, game five against the New York Rangers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Hopefully that's a good sign for the Lightning. But for the Bucks, they had to move inside, and there wasn't as much going on in practice today. We'll talk about that a little bit. But I'm your host, Matt Matera, and joined with me is, she is back, ladies and gentlemen, it is Kay Huddy, Casey Hudson. Casey, I know you've been extremely busy doing so many different things, but we're so happy to have you back on the show today. So how are you? I'm good. I'm glad to be back with the fam. Well, I am learning to take it easy. That's what I'm learning. But I'm psyched to be back with uh, the Pewter fam. It's just like I get back for a second with you guys and then I'm drafted away to go do 100 other things. Um, Some exciting, some just life. And then I get to come back here and talk bucks with you. So I'm good. Yeah, and you were at the Bucks facility yesterday. Everyone, if you didn't see on Pewter Report social media, Casey was at Cut and Color for a Cure yesterday at the Bucks facility. It was going on right as like the podcast was happening, but thankfully Casey was there to cover it all, and the Bucks raised a lot of money for the Pediatric Cancer Foundation, uh, raising wow. money for that awesome organization. So, Casey, why don't you just tell us a little bit about what went on there? We obviously saw a lot of the stars with – Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Donovan Smith, um, everyone was there. So, yeah, just tell us how how that was. Yeah, a very overwhelming response in in the best way possible. So the eighth annual um, Cut and Color for a Cure. And I had actually done a few write-ups about it, but I haven't physically been there. So it was really cool to finally be there for the first time. And they have all the chairs set up in a corner in the lobby of One Buck Facility. And you just see all these kids wearing their favorite players' jerseys, setting up their hair stations, which was the best part. It took me a minute to realize what was going on, but they were setting up like the color stuff over here and the shaving stuff and the cut stuff over here. And then the others just kind of started swarming in. Uh, Donovan Smith and Mike Evans were the first two to show up and get <laughs> in the chairs and kind of figure out what they were going to do. And everyone was kind of like surrounding people trying to, get most of the guys to shave their head. But I think that was a bit of a large style change for a lot of people to just kind of go with a, with a head shave. So it was amazing to watch. A lot of the players showed up. Donovan Smith and Mike Evans, as I mentioned, were the first two there, um, followed by like almost the entire offensive line. Of course, Ryan Jensen was running like a little bit late and he just got his hair sprayed. And then everyone went nuts when Tom Brady, when the quarterback <laughs> room showed up. <laughs> it was Tom Brady, Blaine Gabbard, and Ryan Griffin on one side getting their hair colored um, and mustaches dyed. Blaine Gabbard did. But my favorite one was Kyle Trask. I think he got hazed and didn't know it. A little um, bit. <laughs> yeah. And I was kind of saving that for, for a very particular post. So when I get a chance to get that up, you guys understand where I'm coming from. But like, the the color was going on his face and his neck and then he also got his head shaved so he got a color and a different aspect and then a shaving but it was great to just see how much fun the kids were having interacting with their favorite players um 
Brady obviously was signing a lot of the kids' jerseys and stuff and like to just get a chance to catch up and chat with those kids. I mean, you're talking to people who are surviving something monumental. Um, I think in a life experience, as I've learned in the past week, <laughs> what I think is stress is nothing compared to the conversations these kids have to have. So I think it was, it was a great thing to cover um, for personal reasons and for obviously like coverage reasons. So it was amazing. They ended up raising a little over $117,000. Um, which was great too. And then you got to meet a lot of the medical professionals that work day in and day out with, with these kids and stuff. And then some of them just have these personal relationships with the players. There's a kid who's been there since the first year. Um, his name is Josh, I believe. And he has a close relationship with all the veterans on that team that showed up to get their hair sprayed or, or shaved off. So it was a great event to be a part of, to kind of jump me back into the Bucks coverage. Yeah, absolutely, Casey. That's, uh, you know, you make the perfect point when you say just when you really put things into perspective, you know, arguing over who's going to be the fourth wide receiver doesn't really pale, pale in comparison to what these kids are, are going through, as you said, on a daily basis. So to raise that money and more importantly, just put a smile on these kids faces. I think, you know, that was really awesome to see. It looked like everyone had a lot of fun. And yeah, you mentioned Kyle Trask. I saw a video at one point where it looked like they had cut, I want to say like half of Kyle Trask's hair. And then Brady <laughs> went in with the spray to, to color his hair. So he kind of yeah. got hit on both sides there. And I know Luke Gedeke, the rookie offensive lineman, I know he, <laughs> he shaved his head completely. But one of the yeah. things that stuck out to me too, one of the pictures that you posted on uh, Pewter Report's account was it was Donovan Smith talking with, the recently retired Ali Marpet. And everyone yeah. was going crazy over, you know, um, Ali Marpet obviously lost all of this weight now that he's not playing. He doesn't have to. He's almost hold. unrecognizable besides his face. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it was crazy <laughs> with that. But the thing that cracked me up the most, like that picture was cool in itself. But if you looked even closer into it, you see Mike Evans rocking like Gucci sandals or flip-flops whatever you want to call it in the in the background and then if yep. you look even a little further than that it's like a it's like a glass window and mm -hmm. you see tom tom brady i believe was in the he was either in the chair or he was like standing looking at something else but all you see is the reflection of tom brady and he still looked picture perfect i'm like man even when oh this guy gosh. isn't on camera when he's on a reflection of a camera he still <laughs> looks great as looks in, good is in tip top shape so yeah, it's so funny to see that. It is funny, too, because like you kind of saw some of the guys in rare form, if you will, you know, clothes didn't even match on some of them. I don't think Mike Evans <laughs> whole outfit matched from the Gucci sandals to the to the gym shorts to the T-shirt. Um, so you're seeing a lot of these guys that look like they just pick things out of their locker over the years to put on. And then here comes Brady looking like he's got a fresh face facial and, you know, the perfect haircut, just ready to go. The quarter, but you know, we know the quarterbacks hold themselves to a different standard. So the whole QB room, except for Trask, kept their style about them. Um, I think Trask was like a miscommunication or just a hazing. Like they yeah. started, with, <laughs> they started with the color, then they started with like shaving on one side. I think he initially wanted a mohawk, and then it just all had to go. And then the sweetest thing, Tristan Wirfs is like the ultimate perfectionist, not only on the field, but in the barber shop because he kept going around and kind of cleaning up everyone's head after the fact. <laughs> so Gadecki actually kind of had a rough start to his head shaving. Um, super patchy, but he could have pulled it off, you know, glassy yeah. hair and all. 
But um, yeah, once <laughs> Ropes just decided not to leave him like that. So he, he went and touched him up. He kind of tried to help with Trask a little bit, but I think Gabber and, and um, Brady just kept trying to get in there and change it. So it was, it was great. They had a lot of fun and it was, it was really nice to see them actually kind of more in an authentic, you know, just non-pressured situation, being there, being present, representing the team. But it wasn't about representing the Bucks at that moment. It was spending time with those kids and it was just, it was a great coverage. Yeah. Awesome. And again, kudos to you for, for all the coverage that you put on. So I hope everyone was able to, you know, really get a feel for the moment because it really was an awesome event. And you, you mentioned that like guys weren't exactly, you know, dressed, uh, matching and things like that. I can't really blame them because I think we've all been there like after a workout where you're just exhausted and you're like, all right, like just give me this, this, and this. I just want to like relax at that point. And uh, we talked about Tom Brady. We're going to get into a lot of Tom Brady discussion. Uh, but first, I do want to talk to you guys about the leading sponsor of the Peter Report podcast, and that is Celsius Energy Drinks. As you see there, Celsius has so many different flavors. The variety is off the charts, you know. Great tasting. The watermelon tastes like watermelon. The uh, sparkling wildberry tastes like sparkling wildberry. It's very important to have great tasting drinks. That's where Celsius is the best with that. And they're also the best because they have great features with their drinks, including seven essential vitamins, no preservatives or artificial flavors or colors. There's zero sugar. And, of course, it gives you the energy to get through your day, whether – you have a work day, a long drive, or a workout, as we were just talking about. It gives you all that essential energy. So make sure you go to Celsius.com, or you could order them off of Amazon, save $5, and you could set up how early and often or how late that you want to uh, get these packages of Celsius. You know, you could set it for every two weeks, every three weeks. And uh, like I said, there's many different flavors. Of course, the vibes. The vibes are very high on this podcast as we get closer to the weekend, but you see there the peach vibe, tropical vibe, and the um, Arctic vibe as well, too. I am rocking the peach vibe today. I actually had one earlier as well, too. I had the, what I had this morning? I had the sparkling pomegranate this morning, and I got the peach vibe here. So as I said, the vibes are high. Make sure you go to Celsius.com to find a store locator near you. What's your favorite flavor of, of Celsius, Casey? So I've actually recently been turned on to the BCAA ones, the BCAA Tropical. Um, but in in our house, we have a bunch of the Arctic Vibe and the Strawberry Lemonade. So I would have, um, I already had my one Celsius for the day, but I'm not allowed <laughs> to have more than one for a couple more days. Because um, you guys know I'm typically a two to three Celsius a day kind of girl. But the BCAA Tropical has been my my go-to, like first thing in the morning. Because now I have to wear out a puppy. She's not that much of a puppy anymore, but I have to wear her out. So I have to kind of like go on a long walk or a run first thing in the morning. And it's me, Celsius, and Luna. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, let's get in a little bit of Buck's mini camp today. So the original plan of this podcast before the practice actually went on was to discuss, you know, everything that we saw from practice as we did over, you know, the, the, the last two episodes of the Peter report podcast. However, you know, plans change, life gets in the way and mother nature, unfortunately do not cooperate with us or the bucks today. So practice was supposed to be outside as it was the last two days. However, as I said, at the beginning of the show, 
the thunder and the lightning came and the rain came. So they moved everything into the Bucks' very nice indoor facility. However, Todd Bowles did say that that kind of prevented them from doing a couple different things. They want to work on some different uh, blitz drills and blitz pickups, but they didn't want to do that on the turf. They didn't want to risk an injury running on that turf, especially in June when you have training camp in about six weeks from now and then the season. So they altered practice a little bit. There was a lot of there was a lot of red zone work, and with that. You didn't really see a ton of Tom Brady. Brady got some snaps, no doubt, and he was throwing it to, uh, you know, Mike Evans, the, the usual candidates when it comes to that. But we did see a little bit of Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask. I know Blaine Gabbert threw uh, a touchdown pass, and Kyle Trask had a very nice play on a um, – it, it was a red zone slash goal line type of play. And just so the readers for context or listeners and viewers where – we were like all the way on the other side of the field and they were running everything, you know, at the 20, 10, five, all the way on the other side of the field. So it was tough to get the vantage point of, oh, you know, this guy was covering this guy. Here's the player that was open. But Kyle Trask did have a really nice play where he rolled out to his left and he found, I believe it was co-keeped in the corner of the end zone for a touchdown. So those are like a little bit of the highlight plays that we saw. Decided not to do a write-up of Inside Box Minicamp because it was cut down so short. There weren't really any winners and losers in that practice. But it was still very valuable because, of course, we got to hear from the man himself, Tom Brady, after that. And, you know, anytime we hear from Tom Brady, it's always a big deal. We hadn't really talked to him since that loss to the, you know, the L.A. Rams and of course, a lot went on with Tom Brady since then, Casey. I mean, let's yes. see. He retired on Gasparella of all days. <laughs> he partially un- retired. Yeah. He unretired, what, uh, 40 days later, decided mm-hmm. to come back. He traveled to Europe, saw a Manchester United game, saw Ronaldo. Are you, you're a Ronaldo fan, right? Or are you messy? No, no, no. I'm more of a, well, I'm, I, I, I respect their athleticism, but I'm actually an Arsenal fan. Okay. Yeah. Well, none, so- nonetheless, he was catching <laughs> some uh, football over some- in Europe, yeah. where uh, maybe or maybe not uh, saw the Glazers there. Then he filmed the movie. What else did he do? He um, had participated in the match a week or two ago. He recruited players such as Russell Gage to come to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and of course, there was rumors in between that of. Are there issues with Bruce Arians? Um, Was he going to go to the Miami Dolphins if he could really push the envelope and force that? So we want to hear all of these questions and answers because we haven't spoken to Tom Brady in such a long time. Like, sure, he's done an interview for the match, but that's with three other quarterbacks. They're more generic. Oh, and by the way, he also signed a future contract to be a commentator for, you know, for Fox. So, Casey, this has to be the craziest offseason, not just for Tom Brady, but for the Bucks in recent history. Oh, oh my gosh. A complete whirlwind. Because for one, if after COVID seasons, not only did we have, do we now have a week 17, but the season kind of got pushed into the new year a lot more. Like it's normal to have regular season games in the new year. That was never really a thing. Playoffs was new year. So that alone, you're playing football up until, up until mid-February. 
when the Super Bowl happens. Um, the way that they lost to the Rams was a hard, hard beat for them to take. Uh, I think somebody today, while asking Tom Brady questions in the press conference, was like, hey, we haven't have actually talked to you since the Rams game. And even then, we didn't get to talk to you because he wasn't having it. That was a rough L for them to take. So I can only imagine the whirlwind of emotions that the front office, the coaching staff, as well as the players had to deal with from the end of the season, the way the season ended, the question marks around Brady and Gronk, then, you know, the half retirement on Gasparilla to the full retirement a couple days after that. Um, and now there's still question marks around Gronk. So this has been the maybe one of the most sleepless off seasons anyone has had in a very long time, especially in Bucks history. I mean, they're now looking at the prime of, of, of this club versus what, 10, 15 years ago when they had yeah. a group of guys on the roster. So maybe it's exciting to have a comparable roster to the last elite pairing. But um, yeah, I mean, even from working at media wise, you there's been no break. Somebody was asking me today about off season and I'm like, I don't know what that is this year or last year. So maybe next year. We'll yeah. I can't go to the movies without, you know, Tom unretiring or, you know, they resigned Leonard Fournette. I guarantee I'll be doing something when Gronk hopefully decides to, to come He's back. Done. Yeah. We'll be on the yeah. one vacation we get for like three days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you know, we're all about football analysis and, and bringing as much content as we possibly can. But like sometimes too, with Brady, it just naturally, it turns into a gossip column because, you know, yeah. we hear, Oh, Tom Brady signed on. He's going to do a roast, you know, in, in next year's off season. So the wheel is always turning with Tom Brady. And when he yeah. entered the podium and started talking to the media, we got right into it. The first question was about, um, you know, deciding to return to football um, and like, if there was a, a, a key moment where he really decided like, all right, now I'm back. And Brady kind of was like, this was just a long time ago. Here's what he had to say about that. He said, it feels like a long time ago. A lot has happened between now and then it was just a lot of different things. It was a while ago. I feel like I've kind of moved past that point to be honest, but I'm happy I'm back with my teammates. It's going to be a great year. We're going to work really hard. We have high expectations for what we are trying to accomplish. We've got a lot of good players. It doesn't matter much. We've got to go out and do it. We've got to go earn it. We've got some competitive practices coming up. I'm most excited about this team and what we can try to accomplish. So he pretty much <laughs> answered that one without answering it. But then not long after that, Tom got asked about the infamous, is there an issue with Bruce Arians or was there an issue is he, did he try to get him out the door? Which I think that speculation is crazy because Bruce is still there. Like he was at minicamp the last two days. I didn't see him today. He could have been there. I don't want to confirm whether or not he was, right. but he was at the other two minicamp practices. I just don't see a world where if you dislike this guy so much, and you don't want him to be your head coach, but he's still going to work with you as well. And have a say, like for people to think that he ought to like retired and went mute or stepped down and went mute. Like, that's not the case whatsoever. They wouldn't give him a front. And I know that a lot of people don't understand, like, what exactly is this consulting position in the front office? It can be a plethora of things. It could be that, you know, any sort of any part, any part of the coaching staff might need, you know, advice or perspective from Coach Arians. It's a very vague and open position because they're not going to narrow his role in terms of how much say and how he will have or will not have. People are looking at that as like, oh, he's a 
consultant in the front office, like he's not coming back. He doesn't have a role. It's not that he doesn't have a role. He has a big role, a plethora of knowledge and, and wisdom that he can give back to this team without being the coach. And he's going to learn on the fly, Bruce Arians. And I'm sure like if he has input, he's going to, he's not going to be afraid to like go and say something, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's going to be like, Oh, I, here's my suggestion with this. I don't think he's going to step on Todd Bowles's toes at all, but you know, he's going to provide some things here and there. So here's Tom Brady talking about the rumors. If there was an issue between, you know, himself and, um, and Bruce Arians. At the end of the season. Zero whatsoever. Yeah. He and I have a great relationship. And I think that's, you know, part of why I chose here was because of Bruce. I mean, he and I have been as uh, incredible communication and, you know, I have great respect for him and um, he knows how I feel about him. That's the most important thing. And I know how he feels about me. So did those reports bother you, Tom, because they didn't portray you in a flattering light. Some of those reports. He's got to read a lot of them. So I think part of just, there's a lot of things that aren't right that are said. And I think the thing is you come out and try to respond to everything that's not right. You know, we don't have to be right very often. You know, it's have to be right every so often these days. And I think if people click on it, then, you know, you read more of it and obviously they're clicking on it. So it's what people want and what's talked about. And it may not be accurate, but that's okay. I mean, I don't make every pass either. So I don't complete yeah. every pass. So I understand not everyone get it right all the time. <laughs> Feels like that was a direct quote at, uh, at Mike Florio where, you know, People don't have to be as right, you know. They have to be right, or they can be wrong more and more as it goes on, and people are correct less and less. And then, you know, it it does get clicked on. And I understand what Brady's saying. Like, if you start responding to literally every single thing that goes on, it just, you know, adds it more and more. I, I think in today's day and age, like with social media and just news, everyone gets their news so quickly that, even if there is like something that people are interested in a lot of times, just give it like 48 hours and then another new story breaks or oh, yeah. people, people's attention spans are so small today that, or so short, I should say that, you know, they don't, <laughs> they, okay. Like, Oh, does he want to, does he not like Bruce Harris? Then it's like, Oh, all right. Well, let me check out my fantasy football team or something like that. Yeah. A hundred percent. Not to mention is it, you know, because of social media and and how things just kind of get out these days everything turns into a fire so quickly before it can actually be digested and 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 processed and the biggest thing with these kind of things is <laughs> the narrative changes every couple of minutes if you look down a chain of tweets you see significant changes from tweet to tweet to tweet from reliable sources but everybody's got like 10% of a different angle so yeah, I agree. I mean, especially for a man of his caliber, it's not worth reading it because you the story is going to change. You're going to constantly be in a position to defend yourself. And then at some point, you don't even know what you're defending yourself from. So I think that one way or another, a respectable relationship between Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. I think it's significant that he mentioned that he came here because of Bruce Arians, seeing where his other offers may lie. And the Miami thing is just so wild to me. Like the man's building a house in Miami. He wants to, you know, lay down his roots. He's best friends with the Beckhams and their family when they are in Miami versus London. Like, that doesn't mean that he's going to go play for, like, a three-tier team and be in another system that needs to be completely rebuilt. What they need to rebuild is going to be, like, a three-year 
um, commitment. And I don't see him doing anything for three to five more years as in physically playing football. Yeah, the only thing that I guess would have enticed Brady a little bit more is that they were able to trade for Tyreek Hill. And obviously, you know, that's one of the best receivers in the league. It does feel like at times where people just throw darts at the wall and hopefully like one of these stories will stick. And obviously the Brady Miami one was another huge story. And for the longest time, I was like, this is bogus. You know, this this isn't. This isn't anything, but Brady was asked about it and he didn't necessarily say no, that he was considering going to the Miami Dolphins. So I'm not saying we should put on our tinfoil hats and, you know, really dive into this conspiracy theory. But I thought it was very interesting the way that Tom Brady answered that question, where he said that they were conversations, but didn't necessarily deny it, didn't necessarily say that it totally didn't happen, but here's Tom Brady talking about that. A part of the Miami Dolphins in, in any situation, in any circumstance. Any truth to those reports, Tom? About me going to... Jo- joining the Dolphins in any capacity. I mean, it's, again, I had a lot of conversations with a lot of people, as I've had for the last three or four years in my career, about, you know, different opportunities when I'm done playing football. So, um, you know, I kind of made a decision of what I'd like to do. You know, I'll be, I'll get to be in the game of football. And I think for me, the most important thing is where I'm at now and, you know, what I hope to do for this team. That's, that's been my commitment to, you know, this, this team and organization. It's been so much fun for me to come here two years ago. It's been almost two and a half years now. And uh, it's been an incredible part of my football journey. And it's not over. We've still got a lot to accomplish. So I got a long life ahead. And, um, you know, there's a lot of fun things to do ahead. I'm looking forward to what's ahead. Um, in football, but at the same time, you know, none of us are promised much beyond what we have now, and this is the current moment, and I'm really excited about going out there to try to compete and um, yeah, win a championship. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I love that Sorry. emphasis on ahead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out Candice for this comment here. She says, thank you, thank you, Kay Huddy. No way Tom wants to learn a new offense. He's just now getting comfortable in year three of the Bucks offense. And that's something that Tom talked about a little bit, that, you know, this should be the best season for the Bucks because they've been together for a little wow. while now. And you think about the progression, too, of just, obviously, when he came in, there was COVID, mm-hmm. everything that went on with that, where he was setting up his own practices. They had to bring up into groups to practice. Like, they couldn't really particularly come together and practice and stuff. Like, it was just really different. It absolutely was, and I think for the most part, you know, he's got the same cast of characters back. There are some new guys, such as, you know, Rashad White at running back. I think he's really going to be a factor in, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the offense this year. And Russell Gage, we'll get to Russell Gage in a little bit because Brady had another great quote about him. Um, But there was one more rumor mill, and of course, this would be another familiar face who obviously has – the most chemistry with Tom Brady more than anyone else in the NFL, maybe the world. And that of course is Rob Gronkowski and, and Gronk will put a bow on the, the rumor mills and everything like that. Gronk was the last of the quote unquote rumors where listen, we all suspect him to come back, but it's not a total guarantee. You know, like we, if I were to bet on it, I would say that he's going to, but 
we're not going to get an answer soon. Like he clearly did not sign a contract now to come to mandatory minicamp. And I don't blame Gronk for doing that. You know, I, I would want to enjoy my summer as much as I possibly can. He obviously has a lot of different business ventures going on where, you know, he, he's got the, he had the beach party during the draft. I'm sure he's got another advertisement deal coming up where he's going to star in something. So, you know, he's a busy guy. And he's a veteran of this game and a multi-time Super Bowl champion where he doesn't have to be at all the – a lot of these – this week of minicamp was, um, you know, mandatory. Everyone had to be there. But, like, OTAs, that's that's voluntary. Brady yeah. wasn't even there for that. So Gronk doesn't need to really be ready until he physically feels like he's good to go, even mm-hmm. if that's, you know, not the first week of training camp. You know, I, I don't see – any issue with that. But obviously if Gronk were to come back, it changes things for the Bucks even more. Like they're already contender, but I yeah. think if Gronk comes back, I, I don't really see an argument for anything other than them being the number one seed uh, in the NFC, except for maybe the Rams. I can understand that, but if Gronk's back, then I think we're all good. I would agree with that. And I, I mean, like, you said it perfectly. If I if I had to bet on it, yeah, I don't see him not coming back because I think the reality of how many more years Tom Brady is going to play is a bit more dialed in now. And with that, I mean, why not just come one more year with your best friend? I think for him, he's having fun. He's actually trying to create a realistic offseason. And maybe that's another reason why he doesn't want to sign anything just yet, to have no obligations, no requirements. He kind of just wants to handle it the way that he wants to handle it. And because as soon as you sign on the dotted line, you have to show up, especially when it says mandatory. So I think he's just kind of enjoying the freedom before heading back into another season. Um, Because if you also think about it before this year, before, you know, this previous season, there was just so much dictation on how these guys had to live their lives. You know, if they had family come in from out of town, they couldn't stay with them in their home and stay in hotels. There's been so much distance and stuff. And you guys see Gronk likes to have a good time. So I think he's just kind of enjoying a sense of normality and, and a, a pressureless off season. I think it's so important too, as you said, you have to be all in. Like once you agree that you're going to play again, there's no half-assing this. Like, this is football. If you mess around, like, you're going to either get hurt or not play up to your ability. Yeah, and there's high expectations, obviously, for players of Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski's caliber. And I think that's yeah. why, and I was saying this, it, it's crazy, especially with Brady, because he's been so busy doing all the different stuff that we just talked about. It's crazy for him just seeing him only focus on football now. But that's something that he talked about, too. Like, he had to make his decision right before free agency started because he had to, you know, he didn't want to put the Bucs in a bad situation. He didn't want to put himself in a bad situation either where the Bucs may, may have missed out on someone like Russell Gage because, oh, well, you know, I don't know what's going on with the Bucs quarterback situation. I don't want to go there. I'd rather go to a team with more of an established quarterback. But now you get Brady back and he starts recruiting, you know, a, a lot of different people. Uh, here's Brady Ooh. talking about Gronk and and the the return, hopefully. And uh, we'll, he was asked if he's optimistic that Gronk will come back. His return. I think it's just obviously totally up to him, and we'd all, you know, love to play with him. But he's got to make the best decision for himself, and he knows that. So anyone who cares about him knows that he's, um, you know, he's doing what's right for him, which is you know trying to figure it out and 
you know, we don't have training camp for about six weeks. So whatever he's got to do to figure it out. And, and I think we'll, you know, be hopeful if he does. And if he doesn't, then, you know, we still got to go out there and figure out what to do. Yeah. Um, we have- I like that he mentioned that training camp is still like a couple weeks away. Being like, yes. oh, you know, there's still that there's still that window of opportunity. But Casey, we, we talked about, you know, betting on Gronk coming back and how we think it is going to be the case for the Bucs. Uh, if you were going to bet on the Bucs, maybe their win total or you want to bet on that first game of the season, the best place to go to that is mybookie.ag. And obviously you can bet on more things than just the NFL. Obviously they're in their offseason right now, but you got – Playoff hockey, you know, we talked about the Bolts a little bit. You got that going on, the Stanley Cup, the following series. Hopefully the uh, the Bolts can advance. You got the NBA Finals, great game last night. They play again on Friday. There's a big UFC pay-per-view this weekend. And, of course, we're right in the middle of baseball season. And uh, 162 games of a baseball season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, and prop bets galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. You should bet on the Mets. They're one of the best teams in baseball. They lost two in a row, but that's all right. They're going to bounce back. They uh, <laughs> play the Angels. They stink. Well, they're off tonight. Then they go and play the Angels. So Mets will bounce back. I'm pretty confident in them. Uh, but getting started is simple. Deposit up to $1,000 and play with $500 instantly. Just use promo code PEWTER to claim a my bookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code PEWTER to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway, all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie and use the promo code PEWTER when you do. All right, Casey, we're done with the rumors, all right? This is all hearsay. This is all gossip, whatever you want to call it. Now Mm -hmm. we're talking about the current iteration of the roster. And if Gronk gets there, awesome, even better. Just a bonus. Just a bonus. But for right now, we got to talk about the team that is here. And Russell Gage obviously is a huge piece of that puzzle. Now, he didn't practice this week during minicamp. He didn't practice OTAs either. So he's missed a couple of weeks with that. But he was getting himself involved, getting himself acclimated with Tom Brady here at minicamp where uh, when the quarterbacks were warming up, he was catching some of their passes. Obviously, mm-hmm. the big news back when he signed with the Bucs was that Tom Brady FaceTimed him or called him and he thought it was a prank. But obviously, Tom, <laughs> Tom Brady wanted Russell Gage here. And Russell Gage, Casey, is going to play a big part on this team for the whole season, but especially – that first month, because we don't know what's up with Chris Godwin. Obviously, mm-hmm. we, we spoke to Cyril Grayson Jr. on the Peter Report podcast last week, and he said he thinks that Chris Godwin's going to come back sooner rather than later, already running up to 19 miles per hour. But we don't know how quickly he's going to be ready. You know, that could be the preseason. It could be a month into the season. We're not 100% sure about that. And that's where Russell Gage comes into play. He's going to be so important to this offense being a compliment to Mike Evans, using his skill set to help out this team where receiver depth was an issue to a degree last year because everyone got so hurt towards the end of the season. But I'm really excited to see what Russell Gage can do. I think he's going to fit great in this Buccaneers offense that averaged almost 30 points per game last season. 
Oh yeah. And I think it's a high compliment to your performance abilities and what you can contribute to a team asset that you are in the wide receiver room when wide receivers like Mike Evans is saying that he was having conversations on the sidelines with other players. Like, geez, this guy, this guy is tough. Like if you're sitting there as a wide receiver admiring how another wide receiver is performing on the field, then that speaks volumes to me because there's only a handful of wide receivers we can actually say that takes place about. You know, I'm sure Cooper Cup's one of them. There's been extensive conversation about him, and the list can go on only so far. So with Russell Gage, that was a highlight to find out that not only did Tom Brady take the time out of his luxurious day and make a call and, and make this an inviting team to be a part of after how the season, you know, wrapped up, but to know that high caliber wide receivers are sitting there admiring your handiwork on the field and whom you are like, that's huge. So I'm really excited to see how he performs. You know, this team loves any athlete that can be versatile. And I think, you know, Russell Gage has been known to be a versatile guy when it comes to the wide receiver position. And he's going to have to be with the question mark next to Chris Godwin. And while there is depth, there's still a lot of tests as to how will these guys, such as Tyler Johnson, um, Jalen, Cyril Grayson, um, Scotty Miller, how will these guys actually step up and perform this kind of season? There's been a lot of high expectation on their heads. And unfortunately, you know, Cyril Grayson's probably the only one that's actually delivered. And even his delivery was cut short with injury. So Russell Gage is going to, is probably the biggest highlight to this offense right now in terms of the wide receiver position, uh, because you can't just overly rely on Mike Evans and Mike Evans is going to be Mike Evans as he always is. Then that next position where there's where you can't just switch it over to Chris Godwin right away, uh, Russell Gage is going to have to be able to step up and perform really quick and out the gate. Do you dislike Jalen Darden that much that you refuse to say his last name? You said everyone <laughs> else's last name. <laughs> Matt, I'm just trying to cope and get through. I don't dislike the kid. Um, I just I hope that he has had a very productive offseason. That is yeah. what I would say. Yeah, I, I'm just messing with you. And I saw some people <laughs> in the in the comments talking about uh, Jalen Darden and Devin Tompkins. I'll talk about Devin Tompkins a little bit later. But Jalen Darden has been one of the better uh, receivers here in this minicamp. Part of it is because Scotty Miller, who was great in OTAs, he hasn't practiced in minicamp. So Jalen Darden's getting those opportunities. And the Bucks uh, with Brady at quarterback, they haven't exactly gotten on the same page in terms of the deep ball, but I do think that will come. All right. Again, mm -hmm. we're still in mini camp. They have all of training camp to figure that out and get ready for the preseason and the regular season, but yeah. they've been on the same page building a report in other ways, whether it's routes across the middle routes, where he starts deep and then comes back um, routes beating the zone. So there's multiple different ways that, Jalen Darden, I think, has really been flourishing so far. Now, understandably, it's with it's without pads, so we got to take that with a grain of salt because that's where he was great last year and didn't right. necessarily translate that when training camp came around. So I'm, I said this yesterday. I'll say it again. I'm cautiously optimistic with Jalen Darden. But I do want to get back to Russell Gage for <laughs> a moment, and I don't fault the Bucks at all for not, you know, making him go out and, and practice. We saw it with a lot of guys, whether it was Russell Gage or Scotty Miller or on the other side of the ball, uh, Keanu Neal or Antoine Winfield Jr. Like not all these guys are playing right now and they don't have to be and they shouldn't be if they're dealing with something small where they could, you know, 
risk it getting further injured uh, by by pushing it now. With right. that said, I would have loved to see how Russell Gage lined up just just in terms of and you spoke about his versatility, Casey, where it was big for him in Atlanta. They obviously, you know, Julio left and he was injured a lot even when he was there. Calvin Ridley, um, you know, didn't play and then he got suspended for this year too. So he had to do a number of different things in Atlanta. I just wanted to see in these practices how much he lines up outside versus how much does he move in towards the middle and and work in the slot a little bit. You know, is it 50-50? Is it 80-20? 70-30? You know, I would have loved to see the ratio uh, when it comes to that, unfortunately, we didn't get to see it. But with training camp, we will, of course, get around to that. And um, here is Tom Brady talking about the role and the expectations that he has for Russell Gage. And I would say they're pretty lofty expectations. Yeah. A lot of work. He has to have a big year. You know, we signed him to a contract and he's got to come in and do a great job. And he's uh, from the time I spent with them, you know, I really enjoy it. And I think he's got a great opportunity. You know, that is a very important role for an offense that throws the ball as much as we do. Um, we have very favorable passing conditions. Um, you know, you need a lot of good receivers and we have depth at receiver. And obviously Mike's a great player. Chris is coming off a pretty significant injury. Um, so Russell's got to do a great job and Scotty and BP and Cyril and uh, Jalen, all the guys that Tyler those guys who have had experience in play, they have to do a great job too. So it's a it's a very competitive room. And I think Russ, when he's out there, you know, there's a lot of work that needs to go into the next six weeks to be ready so that, you know, we're challenged right out of the box this year. So we got really good teams. We got to have a great training camp. We got to, you know, we know when training camp is. It's the 23rd of July. You know, we know we got six weeks of training camp, but I, I feel like it starts you know, obviously the season's already started. You, you, you're competing every day out there, and you're either getting better or, or, or you're getting worse, and you're you're not going out there just to break a sweat. You're going out there to get things done, and I think this should be, you know, in my opinion, our best opportunity to play our best football because we've been together the longest, and why shouldn't it be? We know each other. Um, you know, we know the scheme. We've been, you know, we've been through a lot of challenging circumstances and games, and now we got to go out there and execute it as, as well as we possibly can. We have very favorable passing conditions. I like that line for, for whatever reason, but yeah. you know, he said he has to have a great, uh, a big year. He signed yeah. a contract for that reason. And Brady, I think he's going to put a lot on Russell Gage. And we talked about yesterday too, where Mike Evans already does so much for this team, but Evans is going to have mm-hmm. to do even more just because the loss of Chris Godwin is so huge. And obviously without Antonio Brown there, Gage isn't, replacing Antonio Brown, but he's certainly an upgrade from, you know, the rest of the the wide receivers mm-hmm. that they have on the depth chart. I'm just curious to hear your thoughts and, and I'm not even sure how people feel about this, but like where the drop off is between the top three or the big three, I guess if you want to call them. And then when you get to like Darden Miller and, uh, you know, Cyril Grayson, Rashad Perryman, like, Obviously, there's a gap, but is it like a gigantic gap where the Bucks can't function if Mike Evans gets hurt or if if right. something happens to Russell Gage? Um, you know, I'm gonna be a little bit more of an optimist on this one, only because 
as I kind of mentioned earlier, the only receiver in that receiving group after they, you know, the big guys fell off that really showed up on a more consistent basis was Cyril Grayson. Um, until he got injured and, you know, couldn't perform. But I mean, he was getting a lot done for this team in a very, very depleted wide receiver group and in a very crucial time. If you look at the roster of the guys who were playing the last like four or five games of the season, it was very, I mean, in the, even in like the media and press and in, in the press box, we had to like keep the rosters close by because some of the numbers we were like, who is number whatever, like we haven't seen this number. So in terms of wide receiver, I think that the drop-off isn't going to be too huge just because Grayson did step up a lot, but it all circles back to consistency because we don't know what Cyril Grayson's going to look like heading into this season. Are we all hoping that he's going to build off of the last impactful performance that he had? Absolutely. And if he does, that's going to be huge for the Bucs because between his speed and between the chemistry that he started to build with Tom Brady and not even chemistry, when Tom Brady chooses to trust you, that's a big deal. And when you give him a reason to choose you and trust you more consistently, that's even bigger because you can kind of point out the guys that Brady doesn't trust on the wide receiver roster. And it's quite obvious at this point. So the drop off after Grayson, though, is where it gets a little sticky because you have guys who have now been a part of the system for at least two years. They're kind of, here's the thing. Everyone has different athletic qualities, skill sets and abilities to, you know, progress and perform in their own timetable. But if you're still battling with the same issues, a season, two season, three seasons later, that's where it's kind of concerning. So not to completely, you know, take away from their ability to be an NFL player, play in the NFL and have this opportunity. But, you know, Tyler Johnson's still struggling with like the same issues. He needs to figure out how to create separation. He needs to figure out a lot of things out there on the field. Scotty Miller, I don't know what the issue is and I'm so heartbroken about it, but it is what it is. There's no trust there. And then Jalen Darden said his last name. He, there you go. <laughs> he, he has to be able to have that gamer mentality, not only in practice, but as you mentioned earlier, I think you kind of said it perfectly in terms of like, you know, when the pads come on and the lights go on and, you know, when it's time to really do it where it counts, he has trouble doing that. It could be performance anxiety and that's why he maybe does too much. I don't know. So that's the concern is that after Cyril Grayson, the drop off feels pretty significant. That's why, as you guys know, I was so shocked to us not drafting a wide receiver just yeah. to kind of get, you know, a little bit more fire underneath the younger guys in this group. Um, maybe somebody who can be more reliable and just, you know, step in within the next year. So yeah, the drop off kind of scares me a little bit. I need to apologize to Callie Bucks. Uh, I can't find his comment, but he said something about like, don't you ever say something about Mike Evans getting hurt. You're hundred percent right. I apologize for even thinking uh, about that thought, but <laughs> it, it, it's funny. You mentioned about the, you know, getting the trust from Tom Brady. Cause that's actually something that Leonard Fournette spoke about the other day when, when he talked to the media and he said that it could take up to a year to earn that trust from Tom Brady. Cause it was more about the topic of, and this is a little bit of changing subjects, but, you know, Fournette is so great at ad-libbing when a play starts to break down that he'll just be like, all right, like, let me just slip out into the, the flat here, make mm -hmm. myself available, and Brady could just get the pass to him when everything else breaks down. He can go and head up the field. But it obviously goes double for wide receivers where Brady is not just going to – if everyone gets injured, like, 
at, at some point you don't really have another choice. But yeah. um, if, if there are other, are other players available, and as you said, like with Grayson playing great down the stretch before he got injured, Brady's going to, for better or worse, is going to, and it's usually better. He's the greatest of all time. But he's, he's going to opt for those guys before he really gives you that chance and that opportunity. Now, yeah. you did say, and also a good quote here for our comment here from uh, Joe Gritz. He says, Bucks will figure it out at wide receiver. Somebody will step up. And if they don't, I'm sure they will get rolled. I don't think the Bucks are going to get rolled, even though they have a very tough schedule. They are one of the best teams in the NFL. And they may not have drafted a wide receiver, but they did sign a couple of undrafted wide receivers. And um, again, thanks guys, everyone that's, uh, you know, the Peter people that are commenting, uh, interacting here on the chats. We appreciate that. And if you have a comment that you want to get across, make sure you hit that super chat. We'll make sure we get to that. Um, I know Leo had a super chat before. Thank you, Leo. He was talking about Gronk. So we addressed the, the Gronk question, but um, yeah, anytime you got a good comment or anything like that, we'll, we'll put it up and make sure you like, and subscribe this podcast as well too. It helps with our algorithm and uh, helps spread the Peter report information, whether it's our podcast, whether it's the YouTube clips I've been putting up, we had some good ones about Tom Brady today and all of our information on pewterreport.com helps us help you with Buccaneers information, help us get those subscribers up. So thanks everyone for doing that. But the undrafted rookie free agent wide receivers that I was talking about, there's Mm -hmm. one in particular that has really impressed and that's Devin Tompkins out of um, Utah state. And, Oh, sorry. I meant uh, Devin. Yeah, no, Devin Tompkins. I thought I was thinking Thompson for a second, but it's Devin Tompkins. (laughs) And he's really been impressing. Obviously again, today didn't see too much from minicamp in general because they were inside but he was awesome yesterday he had a false start penalty outside of that all over the place connecting with blaine gabbert connecting with kyle trask and made some plays with tom brady as well too getting uh i'm sorry mom she she kept telling me stop saying as well too it's just as well or two so i apologize to my mom hope you're watching right now love you mom and love you dad too but anyway um he was getting it he was making plays with all the quarterbacks as well so Tompkins, I, I asked uh, Todd Bowles about this yesterday, and I asked Mike Evans. Mike Evans said he's doing really well. And then Todd Bowles went out of his way to mention Tompkins again today. He was asked specifically what player has stood out to him during minicamp, and he mm-hmm. said, I would love to see what Devin Tompkins does in training camp. He's quick, he's fast, he's explosive, off of the ball, and he's made some good catches. So we want to see how he continues to learn and how he does in training camp and preseason. I'll be looking at him. That's a pretty good endorsement from Todd Bowles, who, while he can be very funny and comical at times, he's very businesslike as well, too. You know, when yeah. we ask him about some player injuries or about Gronk, he's just like tight lipped. You know, tight lipped. The, the injured guys will be there when they're ready. Gronk, <laughs> same, same status quo, you know, like we had. Yeah. If he wants to come back, he will. So he knows like when to give a response and when to not. And he obviously feels pretty good about Tompkins. So obviously they, they didn't draft a, a wide receiver, but I don't think there's any team that's better in the NFL of finding that diamond in the rough when mm-hmm. it comes to undrafted free agents like the Bucks do. And I think Tompkins, maybe he doesn't crack the, you know, 
the the 53-man roster, but I think he's definitely material for the practice squad that can get bumped up if injuries or whatever happens, happens. I really think he could really be in that situation where uh, he can make an impact when called upon, and we'll see mm-hmm. what he does in the preseason. Yeah, and I mean, to to get in those rotations with Gabbert and, and Trask as well as Brady, I mean, you're a drafted free agent in, in a very recent, in the most recent draft. Um, I'm a big fan of anyone who can get on someone's radar, get on a team's radar as an undrafted free agent. And then, as you mentioned, for Todd Bowles to sing your praises this early on and be looking out for you, that's huge. It shows that there's probably hope there, and you hit it on the head. If there's a team that knows how to find a diamond in the rough, it's this team. So that's good to know, and maybe he will be the kind of guy that comes in and lights a fire underneath Darden and Miller and and Johnson and even Grayson. So that minimizes the gap a little bit. I also wouldn't be shocked, and Scott and I have talked about this, I would not be shocked if they brought in a veteran player at wide receiver. They did it with defensive tackle with mm-hmm. Akeem Hicks, and I'll talk about Akeem Hicks in a little bit because we also did get to speak to to Logan Hall, but I do want to wrap everything up with Tom Brady here. And we talked a lot about the depth at wide receiver, whether we feel good about it, whether we don't. Regardless, Tom Brady can make it work. If you look at his numbers from last season, he obviously broke a a bunch of records again. But, you know, he had a 13-4 and record, 67.5 completion percentage, 5,316 yards, and 43 touchdowns to just 12 interceptions. So he had another fantastic year, was in the running for MVP, and ultimately did not get it. Aaron Rodgers won it. But it does beg the question, like, what do you do for an encore performance? Like, how does Tom Brady get better in the 2022 season? Because it's everyone's always trying to be the best they can possibly be and, and get better year in and year out. It's extremely tough for someone like Tom Brady to do that because he's already at, you know, the top of the top. So Pewter Report's own Scott Reynolds actually asked him that question, and Brady gave his response be better than the 2021 Tom Brady yourself? In in a lot of different ways. I think that's a good question and it's a good opportunity for us to all kind of evaluate where we were at and what we need to do better. I always feel like there's things that can be improved on um, in different areas. And I think how I evaluate myself and my teammates is very different than how other people would. So um, are there there any examples you could point to? None that I would really want to share, you know, because I think those are very, uh, personal things that I'm trying to work on that I'm trying to let the competition figure out and I'm trying to let the competition figure out about our, my teammates as well but I think we have a lot of communication between us about where things were off and where things were and obviously they have their evaluations but you realize watching you know looking around they're not often very right either you know <laughs> other NFL teams they're wrong a lot yeah. you know there's a lot of people that um, are misevaluating things so it's I put you in a best position to succeed if you evaluate things properly. And, um, you know, that's hopefully what experience and wisdom can do being in this game. That's why wisdom and experience and people being together in continuity is really important. Not to continue to do things poorly, but to continue to try to do things, you know, in a better way. So, you know, even though we didn't necessarily win the championship, there were things that we did better last year than we did the previous year, but that still doesn't matter because ultimately there's one goal 
for us. You'd like to string everything together. And even if you string all those things together, it's still very difficult to win the championship because there's 32 very competitive teams playing. So what you can do is put yourself in the best position to succeed, to give yourself the largest margin of error so that if you don't play your very best, you can still win against a very good opponent, which that's what we have to figure out how to do. When we play less than our best, still figure out a way to win situationally, win in the fourth quarter, win running the ball, win stopping them in a two minute drive. You know, there are a lot of situational things that are gonna happen late in the game that even though we may have not have played our best for 58 minutes, we can still figure out how to win in the last two minutes of the game. There's a lot to break down there. Brady uh, went at length with that response. I know Scott technically asked two questions in that. First of all, I, I like when Scott followed up about like what specifically he's like, ah, I'm not going to give that away. Like my yeah. opponent, my opponents <laughs> might find that out. I my thought, competitors could use that against me. That I mean, that's, that's why, you know, He's a seven-time Super Bowl champion. You know, he's not going to give anyone an advantage in any way, shape, or form. But I, I thought he did have a lot of intriguing things to say in, in that, essentially, I don't know the exact time, but it was about a two-minute video, where, mm -hmm. for for starters, I would really say, I, I thought it was cool how he was like, you know, we were almost better last season, even though they didn't, obviously come up with the ultimate prize of winning the Super Bowl like they did right. the year before. Like there's things that we did that were better for this team. And I just thought it was so interesting the way he was like and and I think we get this way when we talk about, you know, Drew Brees only won one Super Bowl and Brett Favre only he went there twice, he won once. Aaron Rodgers only went once and you know he's never got back. <laughs> but Tom Brady's over here going like every other season. He's won seven Super Bowls. It is hard to win in the NFL or make it all the way to the mountaintop and win a Super Bowl. So I just thought it was so intriguing the way that he was like, you know, we could put everything together and we could string things along and it still might not be enough because that's just kind of the way that it goes sometimes. And I think people have to understand, I and I get it, you know, Rodgers is such a talented guy. What do you mean he's only been – to the Super Bowl once when he like gets a first round buy almost every season. But, and I'm not defending Aaron Rodgers because I would take Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers every single day. But mm -hmm. Brady, I thought had great insight there. And it was funny too, how he was like, and I'm paraphrasing of course, where he said, some people are just bad evaluators. You know, you don't have to listen to what every single person says because they might be looking at it wrong. You know, it, you look at a picture, people are interpreted in different ways. So mm -hmm. That's kind yeah. of what he was getting at. Yeah. And I think something that I respect about Brady is that his his competitive I mean, when you're a competitive person, your competitive nature is not limited to any extent of your life. But for him, he is he is making sure that opponents, his competition are not gonna be like he's not accessible to them just as much off the field as it is on the field because to already mentally be prepared to not say something in a press conference to make sure that a team can't try to find a way to find an angle to game plan against you using that like he's already thinking 10 steps ahead where a lot of people would just go and say things in a press conference and not realize how that can materialize down the line and i actually like the fact that he somewhat overemphasized the wisdom and continuity 
Um, so that kind of just stands, stands strong for him being, you know, a 40 plus year old player in the NFL, someone who, you know, people are just waiting for him to hang it up, not because they don't want to continue to watch him play, but they're just wondering when that'll come. And he's really kind of saying that it's his knowledge. It's what he's learned over the time. It's what he's, um, learned for 20 plus years in, in, in this industry that helps him be not only a great player, but a great leader. And we've seen the Tom Brady effect on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. So I liked how he kind of used that wisdom angle to say like, look, if you got somebody who can really kind of think ahead and you can see within his responses, how far ahead he's actually thinking that you really have a chance. And from the outside looking in, you don't know that chance until that game is played. And that result is, is loaded. He's playing chess while everyone else, is playing checkers and Brady talked about how he didn't want to give up any secrets, but at the place I'm about to talk about should be no secret at all. It is pin chasers, the bowling lane, one of the best places in all of Tampa folks. If you don't know about pin chasers by now, what are you doing? They have multiple different locations all over the place. East Pasco, Zephyr Hills, Midtown and veterans. They got a place that's pretty close to the Advent health training center where the bucks practice and have their facility but it's more than just a bowling alley you know they have great food that's very underrated pizza's awesome the nachos are fantastic they got chicken tendies too if you want to get that going um it's a great night out with friends and family if you want to book your kids birthday party they got an arcade as well too so they could do a little bowling play some video games at the arcade and they have different events going on all the time. You've heard me say it. All you could eat pizza, Dollar Miller Lights, all you can bowl after nine o'clock, brunch on the weekends. And we're getting into the summertime. I don't know if it's technically summer yet. Someone puts a date on it, whatever. It's the summer. It's Florida. It's hot. They got AC. All right. When it gets scorching hot out there, you want to be in the AC where it's blasting. My AC is actually broken right now. The handyman came and thankfully fixed it while we're on the show. Uh, so I'll be getting that AC soon. But nonetheless, make sure you go to pinchasers.net to reserve a lane or just check out all the different events they got going on and to book a party as well, too. Uh, Peter Report will be having an event there coming up soon. We can't release the date just yet, but stay on the lookout for that. That's pinchasers.net. And their owner, Anthony Peroni, is a huge Bucks fan that has season tickets. So you're supporting a fellow Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Okay, Casey, we've talked a lot about Tom Brady and everything that went on today, and justifiably so, because he's the GOAT. Everyone wants to hear from him. It's been a while since we heard from him. But we also got to talk to Logan Hall a little bit. You know, this is his first NFL season. Goes from Bucks rookie minicamp to OTAs to now mandatory minicamp with the full roster. So that means he gets to play with Vita Vea now and the newly signed Akeem Hicks. And Casey, I just think I'm so excited for this defense, maybe even more than the offense. And obviously, Peter Report, Scott Reynolds is a defensive-minded guy first. So, you know, Peter Report's always going to be excited and rocking with the defense. But they got some big guys up front with Hicks, with Logan Hall, with Vita Vea. I really think it's going to be a rebound year for the Bucks defense in the terms of they have a good defense, but we have very high expectations for them. And I think particularly the secondary is one thing, you know, we got some questions there. 
But I think the defensive line, while it was very solid last year, I think they're going to take that next step because they got some new guys in there and they're really going to make an impact on this team. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look at the excitement when it came to just Logan Hall playing alongside Vea Vea. And then you add this veteran presence of Hicks and, you know, his ability, his just true grit strength and what he actually brings to a line. And like you said, the line was really good last year. Um, but there's still question marks around parts of that line that are coming back. So to have a security in Vita Vea, Logan Hall, and Hicks, that kind of like gives everybody a, a, some breathing room and still continues to give fans hope that this defense is going to perform well. You know, they were one of the top defenses to not allow up the, to not allow the run um, to not allow the run game to be executed, even though there were some question marks around that in certain games. But yeah. there's hope that they can actually not only build off of that, but be you know, be the brick wall that they more so were in, in, in 2020 and be able to do that without being completely depleted. We know that in certain games versus certain opponents that it tends to become like a rely on the defense kind of game. And that starts with your line and then, you know, it's closed out with your secondary. So this is a very hopeful and strong looking defensive line. I'm really excited to see these guys. So am I. I, I really think it, understandably the Bucks have one of the best run-stopping defensive lines. I really think we're going to see that next step with the interior defensive line on the pass rush. So specifically, I'm really excited about that. Here's mm -hmm. Logan Hall talking about playing with Akeem Hicks and Vita Vea. Your, your takeaways from watching him a couple of days? Dude's a force, and, you know, he's uh, surprisingly swift. Um, he moves really well for a big guy his size. Um, and dude's just a tank, and I'm excited to play next time. Speaking of tank, you've all him. Um, really excited to, you know, get him in pads and, you know, uh, watch him work and do, do his thing. Um, it is really nice playing against him because, you know, he takes a lot of the doubles and, um, you know, gives me an opportunity to go work and do what I do best. But, uh, you know, really got a lot of appreciation playing against people like that of their caliber. For context, he was talking about Akeem Hicks first, and then he was talking about Vita Vea, how Vita Vea is going to open up a lot of one-on-one -on -one opportunities for him as Vita Vea has done in the past. And for everyone uh, watching and listening, if you recall, we had Will Golston on the show two weeks ago. It was right before Memorial Day weekend mm -hmm. where he said that Logan Hall is like a more athletic J.J. Watt in his prime, not the Cardinals J.J. Watt, a more athletic J.J. Watt in his prime. And he said he thinks Logan Hall – I don't remember the exact number, but he's, he thought Hall's going to get, you know, I believe six or seven sacks uh, on the yeah. year. So Hall was asked as well about his own expectations for this season, and he's looking to uh, get right around that number. Defensive line, they love that. What are your personal goals or expectations for your rookie season? Uh, you know, before I, I told myself I want to have six sacks. Um, just that I ended with six, six and a half in the Houston. And I feel like that's a very reasonable number coming in my rookie season. Um, but my, my, uh, I guess, goal would just to be to add value to the team wherever possible. Um, wherever they need me, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can do to put the team in a position to win. Uh, obviously, I love getting to the quarterback. And that's the favorite, my favorite part about the game. So um, getting back there and getting some sacks is obviously a part of that. Good stuff there from Logan Hall. It's going to be very exciting uh, now that minicamp is done. 
We have a little bit of time before training camp, but it's going to be awesome when training camp gets here. Casey, is there any is there any position or player that you're most looking forward to to watching when training camp gets here? One thing I will say is that he's. I hope this makes sense. I hope what is going on in my brain <laughs> comes out properly. <laughs> but I'm kind of getting some Tristan Wirfs vibes from from him, from Logan Hall. Very soft spoken, great head on his shoulders, but he just he's gonna dial it up on the field. I mean, you just see a whole different beast when when Wirfs is unleashed on the field. And I think Logan Hall is gonna be that same kind of beast out there. He's just gonna have a different dial going. Um, it's those soft-spoken ones that you've got to look out for. So I actually am very excited to see how he progresses and what that translates to. I think he can have an impressive rookie season and obviously be an impact player right away. Um, it starts with having a good head on your shoulders and having the strength to play along guys that have been you know, playing at the NFL level for longer. Aside from him, um, I don't want to sound like too cliche on it, but you know, I do want to see what the rhythm is going to be for this wide receiver group. And I feel like we're going to have an idea in training camp, um, you know, what that's going to look like, what reps are going to look like, whether Gage is going to play inside or outside, um, what the progression is of, of Chris Godwin. So I do have a lot of angst and anticipation to see what that looks like. But um, defensively, Logan Hall, I'm very excited to see. I want to see what actually ends up coming about with McCollum. Is he just yeah. going to be a special teams guy? Is there going to be some sort of, you know, spark where he rotates in? Or maybe he's that young guy that lights a fire under uh, some of the other secondary people because he has speed, he has angst, he has hunger, he wants to contribute, he wants to be an asset. So I, if I had to pick offense or defense, what I'd probably be focusing more on, I'd be focusing more on defense to see a lot of guys because there's just room for growth there. Who's going to step up? Who's going to be the highlight of this season? Because we saw, you know, some unexpected guys become the head honchos of that defense last season. But pertaining to the offense, it's going to be the wide group to see what comes about. And maybe some guys earned Tom Brady's trust this offseason that we just don't know about. And that would be a big thing to be revealed in training camp. You learn a lot within those rotations in terms of, conversations and relationships that are built off the field heading into training camp. I think you learn a lot about yourself too, just going through a training camp with, with the heat in the, that heat, you know, in the middle as a of the media day. member, you're melting on the sides and you're, yeah. you know, you, you're not, you're not in pads. <laughs> they're handing out waters. They're giving you every opportunity to be hydrated and lively. And you're just like sitting in a pool of your own sweat, maybe a river <laughs> or an ocean. And gasping for air, just standing on the sidelines. This is coming yeah. from somebody who thinks that she's athletic. I'd like to say <laughs> that I am, but I die in training camp. I need like it's, an extra 1,500 calories just to be a spectator. Right. But then I tell myself, too, it's like, all right, I'm watching football right now. So I definitely don't <laughs> take that for granted. And it's no. I like I'm, de I'm definitely grateful for it. So I don't want it to sound like we're complaining because it really is awesome. And. I'm so thankful for, you know, being able to do this and oh yeah. give information to everyone reading and, and watching and, and listening, watching and listening to this. Casey, I thought you had some great answers there. I'll just give a few. We're going to talk about we're going to wrap things up about minicamp on, on Monday show. But I would just say Mike Edwards in a full starting role. I want to see if he can take that next step. I think that'll be really interesting. Uh, the running back position too. Rashad White going to be very exciting. Want to see if uh, Lenny slims down a little bit too and uh you know obviously 
the defensive line with Hicks and Vita Vea and and Logan Hall, as we just talked about, I think uh, going to get a great push up front. And we're going to talk a little bit more about this next week, Monday show. We're going to give our final thoughts about Bucks minicamp, who stood out, who were some of the MVPs of mandatory minicamp. So a lot to look forward to for next week. But for now, just want to say thanks everyone for watching, listening, wherever, whatever you're doing. Appreciate everyone for doing that. Make sure you like and subscribe. Hit those thumbs up. So for Casey Hudson, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks everyone for watching and we will see you next week for a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Have a great weekend and go Bolts. Go Bolts. Out. Go Bolts.